Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise be to Jesus. Glory to God. He's a God who answers prayer. He's a God who answers prayer. Yesterday I learned something from someone who was talking to, to me in a particular place. There is no prayer that is put in a dustbin. In heaven, there are no dustbins. Dustbins are on earth. When your prayer goes through to the heavens, as long as it reaches the Father, there's no dustbin there. It has to be done with. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We have a God who answers prayer. And we have a God who enjoys his people when they pray. Who loves to see his people pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise be to Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. Earlier on, as uh, I began, I asked you to call up two or three people so that um, you tell them we are on to encourage each other to, to attend fellowships. And also to encourage each other to attend the online ministries. Someone might be there and has totally forgotten. But the call from you is going to bless them. Go ahead. As we prepare to get into the word, just do that. Two or three people. Father, bless your word. Father, speak to us. Release your thoughts into our mind. And in your mind. And motivate and transform us. Encourage and edify us. And let your will be done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. I thank God for this opportunity to be here with you, to share with you. I want to thank you all who are standing in the gap, standing in the gap to pray, to cover um, the saints. The Bible encourages us in the book of Ephesians to pray for all the saints. So I want to thank all those who are, you know, um, diligent at that or committed to do that. People's prayers make a difference. You will never know that certain things may be happening to you because of someone who is praying for you. Hallelujah. The body of Christ is meant to be covered with prayer because Paul commanded us to pray for all the saints. So if each saint is praying for all the saints, you can imagine 
Right now in the studio we are three people. If I'm praying for the two and the two are praying for the other two and the other one is also praying for the other two it will mean that me as an individual I have already two people praying for me within the studio. If it's Faith Family Church imagine the entire Faith Family Church praying for you while you're also praying for them. The body of Christ is meant to be buried in prayer. Sought in prayer. God wants the church to be filled with prayer. Distance may be there. We may be apart Monday to Friday or Monday to Saturday or whatever. But if we are praying for one another, we're in one spirit and we are safe. And prayer will lift the church, will edify the church, and will release the glory of God in the church. Hallelujah. Let there be no bench warmer. In this aspect, let all of us become intercessors for the entire body of Christ. Care for his body as he cares for it. Because you also care for your body. You you care for your body. You bathe it. You dress it. You feed it. Care for the body of Jesus. Also be like that woman who anointed him care for him by praying for the saints. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise be to God. Wow. I'm, I'm going to share a few thoughts. And I want to share with you about partnership with God. I want to speak especially around the issues to do with prayer. I want to deal with issues concerning prayer. Zeroing in on partnership. Yes, a partnership with God. Amen. Amen. And, and to be more general as I start, uh, we have a covenant with God. We are in covenant. God placed us in that covenant by the blood of his son. And, and um, we are joined into that covenant by the Holy Spirit. And and because of that, it means that we are already covenant partners with God. And there are, there are things that are upon us to activate 
covenants. The responsibilities that we do to activate covenants. The roles we play to participate in a covenant. And if we do not play those roles, the covenant is left idle. The glory of that covenant does not appear. The power of that covenant will not be revealed until we activate by participation in our roles in that covenant. Praise the Lord. Amen. So when we talk about our roles in this covenant which God made, hallelujah. I, I want to tell us friends, we are in a covenant that cannot be broken. Because God the Father made this covenant with Jesus. And then in Christ, we were all placed. So we are connected through Christ to this covenant which God made with himself that cannot be broken. And it's a glorious covenant. But the glory and the power and the excellence of this covenant is supposed to be manifest here on the earth so that the kingdom of heaven can be revealed on the earth. But no matter how glorious this covenant is, if the partners in this covenant are not participating in their role, then that covenant cannot be revealed. Hallelujah. Amen. And our participation in this covenant is called obedience. Doing the will of God. Obedience. When we obey God, we are participating in our partnership. Because there are things that God said he would do. But then there are things he said we should do. And those two things are almost intertwined. For example, no one can be saved unless they have believed. If somebody does not take on their responsibility to participate Believing with the heart, confessing with the mouth, then they cannot be saved. They cannot enter that cavern. But after they have entered through that participation, there is more to do expected of them for other things also to be received, which are more than salvation. And some of them are part of salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise be to Jesus. We have a great inheritance in God. An expectation 
pants of blessing. The Bible says all spiritual blessing. You know, I, I sit down sometimes and I ask myself, what does that mean? All spiritual blessing. Who, who can fathom all the blessings of God? Who can fathom the mind of God and the goodness that he has prepared for those that love him. But all blessing has been prepared. Praise the Lord. It's part of our inheritance. But there's a way we need to participate for us to be able to access these things that have been given to us freely. And obedience in obedience in doing the will of God is our participation. The more of God's will is revealed to you and you do that will, the more you are participating and becoming a, a partner. Your partnership and your participation in the covenant grows grows. And therefore your ability to also know and receive what is on the other side also grows. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God said in his word call upon me and I will answer. Call is your part. His part is answer. He said, seek me and you shall find me. There's a part for you. There's a part for him. Hallelujah. The reason why spiritual poverty, spiritual dwarfness and all spiritual you know whatever you call negative may seem to be so prevalent is because the body of Christ we have not been as diligent as we should be in our part of the partnership in our obedience Hallelujah. Amen. There are areas you, you, you participate in where we have to obey, where there is a will of God. Prayer is one of those areas. You have the will of God concerning prayer. The Bible says so much about prayer. You have the will of God concerning giving. There's so much about giving in the will of God. The Bible talks about evangelism. There's so much there. The Bible talks about other areas of service and spiritual gifts. Fellowship with the brethren. Righteousness. All these things are revealed wills of God. Your obedience in these things has something it unlocks 
on the other side. Let me say that again. Your obedience, first and foremost, your knowledge of God's will in this thing, and your obedience has something it unlocks on the other side. Praise the Lord. Amen. We have been given all these blessings in heavenly places. Not in earthly places. They are in heavenly places. That's why we talk about unlocking them. They are in heavenly places. These things are in Christ. In heavenly places. In heaven. But they must come to the earth. Yesterday I was with my wife somewhere. At her work, it was a handover at her workplace. Fellowship. And my wife said something that she reminded me about, you know, something else. She said, everything in the natural begins in the spirit and is governed by spiritual laws. Hallelujah. It dawned on me again. I'm like, oh yeah. It's a good thing to remember. That the natural realm is born out of the spiritual realm. Situations and circumstances are born from the spiritual realm. There's a way in which the spiritual realm doctors what is in the natural realm. Hallelujah. So, there are things given to us in heavenly places. They are not in earthly places. We have them unlocked through our obedience in these areas. Prayer, giving, evangelism, winning the loss service. Serving God. Friends, there are things that have happened to me because of serving God in the different aspects of serving God. Whether it was organizing chairs at church, whether it was uh, leading a prayer meeting, but there are things that have happened because of serving God. Okay? And I'm not saying that if, to serve God you have to do it at church. But there are so many people who are doing so many things. But with, without the heart that they are serving God. They are actually doing those things for themselves. You are going to work for yourself. You know, whatever you are doing out there, you are doing for yourself. You may be sitting in the same office, in an office with another person who is a believer. You both have the same job. But if one of you is serving yourself, Yourself. And the other one is using that same position to serve God. The results are going to be different. Motive matters also. Because you can also be in church. Serving, doing all these other things in church. But serving yourself. Satisfying yourself. But doing these things with the revelation that I'm doing the will of God. I am winning the lost. I am going for fellowship because it's the will of God for me to be in fellowship. Righteousness because it's the will of God for me to have a pure life. Hallelujah. The, 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 the 
participation in these things, our obedience in In this covenant, it unlocks certain other things. Praise be to Jesus. You cannot be idle in this covenant. Idle. Unaware of God's will. And not doing His will. And experience an unlocking of the other side of the covenant. The Lord told Abraham that I will bless you. I will bless you. I will bless you. He told him, come out from your people. I will bless you. He asked him for something. And he promised him something. What he was going to do was premised on his obedience. If you do this, Abraham, I will bless you. Then later I told Abraham, give me your only son. And I will I actually just said, give me only son. And when Abraham did that part, participated in his obedience, then God said, surely, I've seen that you fear me, and I will bless you. If God never rewarded obedience, if God never rewarded obedience, what would it be? What is the use of him punishing disobedience? If God never rewarded obedience, what would be the use of obedience if he still punishes disobedience? You imagine that. He punishes disobedience, but he doesn't reward obedience. Would you, would you love such a God? Would you enjoy obeying him? Would you know there is a reward? Paul said, now there is laid to me a crown. A crown of righteousness. That was, he, he looked forward for that crown. He knew there was nothing to be compared to that crown. Hallelujah. Amina. To that crown that you would get. So, ladies and gentlemen, the participation in our obedience. And I want to zero in on our participation in prayer. One of the areas. These other few that I've given you are, was just a sample. There are so many areas of obedience that we must become aware of. Praise be to Jesus. So, obedience in prayer, doing the will of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise be to Jesus. Prayer is a partnership. Prayer is a partnership. There is a place for man, there is a place for God. And I think prayer is one of the most important aspects of our spiritual life. I don't think I have overrated it. Prayer is one of the most or even the most important aspect of the life of a believer. Hallelujah. I want to 
to share with you just a few guarantees that prayer brings to our lives. Things that prayer will deliver to you so that you can see the value of prayer. A life of prayer will expect these things to be delivered. Number one, communion with God. Access to God. That place of fellowship prayer okusaba guarantees when you practice a life of prayer what will be accessible is that communion with God and there is nothing like fellowship with God there is nothing there is nothing you can compare on this earth nothing, no place no fun time no, no happening time can compare to just having fellowship with God King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who created you, what can compare to having fellowship with him, communion, and I'm not just talking about me going and saying I'm now having fellowship so with God. But I'm talking about where God himself comes and draws you to himself. And God begins to court you because you have come. And there's that deep communing that fellowship, that exchange, that sharing of life, that sharing of hearts and thoughts, you get access to the rumors of God. You get access to the leadings of the Spirit. You get access to the knowledge of the King. Prayer will guarantee that. A prayer life will also guarantee fellowship with God. And here I'm talking about closeness. Closeness to the Father. Closeness to Jesus. Where you enjoy the presence and the power of God. Where you go through the transforming touch of his presence. This, and I think this is the most important aspect aspect of prayer. This is more than asking for bread. This is more than asking for a husband This is more than asking for a job. This is more than anything. Where you come in close proximity. And when I say that, I do not mean physically. I'm talking about relationally. Because the presence of God is already in us. We have the Holy Spirit. But relationally you can be distant. You can be distant. So I'm talking about a closeness which is relational. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God wants that with us. God wants us to be very close relationally. It is called intimacy. To be intimate to God. Good. I, I wanted that word. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. To, to that intimacy. God wants that intimacy with us. With me. Let me tell you friends. If there is anything in the heart of God for us. It is a closeness. That intimacy with him. After that. 
others come after that. God is an intimate God. Very intimate. Very intimate. Praise the Lord. And when the Bible tells us Enoch walked with God, I, I believe that was it's talking about an intimate walk. He was close to God. 300 years. Uh, uh, you dissolve. You dissolve. Hallelujah. Some of us, I do not know how many years we have left on the earth. I am very sure they are not 300. But the rest of the years we have, have we chosen to be intimate with God? Hallelujah. If he's coming back in the rapture, let him find me intimate from today. Let that be a goal. Because that is the Father's passion. That is the passion of Jesus. That we may know him intimately. So prayer will deliver that. Prayer will also guarantee spiritual exploits. And victories. Spiritual exploits. Victories. Prayer will guarantee. Live a life of prayer. And you will see a life of exploits, spiritual. And as I told you, my wife said yesterday that the spiritual realm controls the physical. So if I'm having spiritual exploits in the spiritual, what will manifest in the physical? Powerful things. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yes, People need to learn how Abantu. to go to prayer and have victories in prayer and have exploits in prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I remember King Hezekiah when Sennacherib wrote to him a letter despising him, despising his God. He told Isaiah to pray. Isaiah. Isaiah. Was it Isaiah who prayed? He put, was it Isaiah or the king? It was the king who put the letter before God. And he said, See God. And out of that prayer, God sends confusion. And Senekarib had to run back home because they attacked him at home. Hallelujah. God knows how to cut off the tail of your enemy. Spiritual exploits. Prayerful people will experience spiritual exploits and spiritual victories. That means that prayerlessness will put us in a place where we are bankrupt of such exploits and victories. In other words, we shall become victims. In other words, we shall become slaves. We shall suffer. There are certain conditions in our lives that are stubborn, that have been around for a long time. Certain conditions in our lives that are are rebellious and they require they have a prayer requirement there's a certain amount of 
diligence in prayer required. There is a certain amount of surrender that is required. And only the prayerful can meet that demand. Let me say that again. Only the prayerful will meet the demand that certain situations put upon them. Ladies and gentlemen, there are situations that come in our lives or situations that have been in our lives that require that demand a certain level of diligence in prayer. And the prayerful will deliver. Those that are surrendered will deliver. They will know that this is this one is going to take another gear. This one needs me more. I need to burn myself on the altar until this one is done. And they experience the exploits. The victories. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Whether they are petitions that they have to be made or they are intercessions for other people, the prayer requirement is met. That is what prayer can deliver. Praise the Lord. Prayer also delivers grace. It guarantees God's grace for life and ministry. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Prayer gives us access. The Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace. To obtain and find grace to help in the time of need. Let me tell you one thing that you do not want to ever lack in your life. When you're in the time of need is mercy and grace. Somebody could have thought her I'm going to say is a muzungu, a rich man, Some, someone who can bail you out. In the time of no, 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 no. Let me tell you. At the throne of grace, you go there often. And when you go there often, you will obtain mercy and grace for the time of need. So when the time of need is there, you have grace waiting to serve you. You have mercy also waiting to serve you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Prayer gives you access. The unction to serve. I'm telling you, effectiveness in ministry effectiveness in service begins by effective praying uh-huh. if you remember our first points of fellowship, communion and, and all these spiritual exploits and victories if you are effective in those things, you are going to be effective in ministry. It's, it's the first step. 
Jesus was taken to the school of prayer before he was taken to ministry. John the Baptist is the same. Many of God's servants were taught to pray before they were taught to preach. Hallelujah. Amen. Effectiveness in ministry. What is is effectiveness in ministry? How do you measure effectiveness? Let me give you one way of knowing effectiveness in ministry. When lives are changed. And they are changed permanently. That is effectiveness. And that comes by a prayer life. Whether you're a worship leader, whether you're a preacher, whether you're a Sunday school teacher, whether you're an evangelist, I do not know what you are in any place in ministry. What is going to help you to become effective is an effective prayer life. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me end there for now on those points. And I want to, to, to share with you why prayer is unique. Why is prayer unique? I'll give you five points also here. Number one, prayer is unique because it directs our heart to God. And it helps us rise above the natural. Hallelujah. That's the uniqueness of prayer. There are so many things we do. But prayer has a special ability of tuning the heart of a man and turning that man's heart that woman's heart that boy or girl and their heart focuses on God and their heart gets off the earthly they are lifted in themselves to take attention on greater things and on the great one himself hallelujah prayer imagine Imagine such a blessing. Imagine if we were Christians and we never prayed. Imagine if there was no prayer. What would happen here? Where would we be thinking? You imagine when you wake up in the morning and there's no morning glory. There's no prayer. There's no quiet time. You just hit the day. Close through the day. But you're saying, I'm born again, I'm a Christian, I'm going to heaven. Finish the day. Come back home. Sleep. Continue. If that was a Christian life, where would our hearts be? So that, that I believe the bridle. Can I can't kakwata horse ne kachusa horse eh oba oba ente that cabrido, the brido that turns the heart and makes it look upward and see almighty God 
Prayer is that bridle. It bridles the heart. It turns the heart. So a prayerful man is a man whose heart will be lifted and the themes of his heart will be heavenly. Hallelujah. And the things in his heart will be spiritual. A prayerless man. Let me not mention what his heart will be, but it's obvious. It is obvious when we neglect prayer that our hearts will naturally go back to a certain default state. It is called backsliding. Backsliding. Your heart will just return back to a certain place of comfort. It will, it will fall back to its default thoughts. It will fall back to the desires it knows. It will fall back to the place of its comfort. And there you'll be disorganized. And that is if, if somebody accepts that state, they begin to live a life which we call a lukewarm life. Lukewarm. It's as if they are there. It's as if they're in the Lord. Yes, they are in the Lord. They are born again. But they are not exercising their partnership. Lukewarmness is, is a warmth that is near the atmospheric temperature. Uh -huh. Now you get what they call lukewarm. Uh -huh. So a lukewarm Christian uh -huh. is very near the world. He's very near religion. They, they, they are not hot. Hot is hot. Hot is the radical uncompromising Christian. Hot is the Christian who is fulfilling their obedience in the partnership. Hallelujah. God wants us to be hot. Prayer has a way of turning your heart to God. And that will make you hot. Practice prayer. Your temperature will rise. Your spiritual temperature will temperature rise. Practice prayer. And your spiritual temperature will rise. Because the Holy Spirit will work in you and rise it up. Hallelujah. Amen. Number two, prayer is a sacrifice of ourselves. When we give our time to pray. Prayer is a sacrifice of ourselves. When we give our time to pray. Something that all of us have. That is the most expensive thing under the sun. It's called time. Time. Your life is a group of time. If I put it that way, your life here on earth is a set of days and years. So it is time. Time. Hallelujah. Amen. When you get that time, part of it 
and you put it in prayer it's a sacrifice of yourself it's a sacrifice of yourself uh-huh. that's what I want to hear mm. God can God cannot overlook that. He loves it. It means something to him. It's an honor principle. When we prioritize our time, we give God the best of our time. Prayer. One of the reasons why prayer is unique. Because it is a sacrifice of yourself. When you give your time to pray. So those who don't give their time to pray have not given themselves to God. If you have not given your time in prayer, it means you're not given to God. The apostles, because they were so given to God, they said, ah, 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 you serve tables. For us, not that tables were bad, but the tables were distracting them. They said, no. For us, well, let's give ourselves to prayer. It's a sacrifice of themselves. They are giving themselves to God and to the ministry of the world. That's the uniqueness of prayer. Number three, prayer is an intimate response to God's drawing. I am talking about the uniqueness of prayer. Hallelujah. The uniqueness of prayer. I just explained about I talked about prayer as a partnership. Now I'm talking about the uniqueness of prayer. Prayer is an intimate response to God's drawing. Let me put it this way. It is honoring. When you when you pray, you have honored the king's invitation to intimacy. You have honored his invitation. Every day God has an invitation for his children. And when you are living that prayer life, it is an intimate response to that invitation, to that drawing. You, you do all your best. You go to any type of woman. No, Malaya. I know I have said that. Because I'm talking about what God goes through. The invitation he gives every man. 
you forgotten the parable? He invited people to a wedding. Everybody. And then some began. Ah, I have married a woman. Ah, I'm enjoying honeymoon, man. I'm sorry I cannot come. Another one said, I have just bought some good donkeys here. And I want to go and see how they perform. Can you imagine? Something you can do tomorrow. Trying out donkeys. Mm. They gave the excuse. The other one said, I have just bought a what? A field. That's what happens. We always refuse the king's invitation to pray. By things that we make look so important at that moment. Somebody calls them the urgent things, but they are not the important things. Uh-huh. But we make them important. I have to do this. And you do not realize that the king has invited you to a feast. Every day of our lives, we are invited to prayer. And God, because prayer is a response, you Anyone who responds to you appropriately, you feel good about that person. Don't you think God feels good about our response? You think when you wake up in the morning to pray or at night to pray or whatever time you pray, you think God just looks down and says, I'm letting roll call shit. Okay, yes, You think it's, it's some duty kind of thing that sticks and says, okay, another one, who else? No. When he sees us come to him, he had, his heart rejoices. He, he, he waits to become intimate with us and to take us into that intimacy. Prayer is the honor to God's invitation. Prayer is also a release of our agreement to God's word. Prayer is a release of our agreement to God's word. And this causes a spiritual explosion. Hallelujah. The Bible says that his word does not return void. When we put his word on our lips and we pray his word, there is an explosion of power in the realm of the spirit. You say, Andrew, how do you know? It's in the Bible. It's in, uh, it's in Psalms chapter 18. When David prayed and God gave him a vision of how God came riding upon the wings and upon the clouds. And David said, he saw the earthquake. He saw thunders. He saw lightning. He saw the arrows of God coming out from the chambers of God. There was an explosion of God's zeal for David. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. So prayer, prayer is the most 
powerful thing in the universe because it brings God into action. There is a release of God's power. Amen. Amen. When we speak his word in prayer, we are speaking dominion on the earth. God created the world using his word. God nourishes the church using his word. Words rule. Words rule. Jesus walked to a, a fig tree and he saw it without fruit. And the Bible says he cast it. Mark chapter 11. He cast it and straightway, immediately, the Bible says it dried from the roots. And then after the disciples wondered, and Jesus said, if you believe that what you say will happen, it will happen. In other words, Jesus was teaching them a principle in prayer where you can have government, dominion, using words and especially his word to rule. You know, sometimes we pray amiss. Sometimes God expects us to speak to a situation like he spoke to the waves and the sea. And when he entered entered their boat, he asked them, where is your faith? That was another way of saying you didn't have to wake me up. You should have spoken. Your faith should have worked. Not waking me up. So there are times that we pray amiss. We are saying Jesus don't care. Wake up. We are drowning. And Jesus wants us to get up and make an explosion by speaking prayerfully and commanding situations. This is the uniqueness of prayer. There are things in your life that need your command. There are things and situations around you that need your command, your agreement to God's word and your confession of it. Praise the Lord. And you know when you're prayerless, you don't even think about this. You can't even think of commanding declaration prayer to declare. Hallelujah. You know, I, I like Jesus. But Mass comes to him and says, Jesus asks him, what do you want? And he says, I want to see. And do you know what Jesus tells him? He tells him, see. Oh, other versions say, receive your sight. I like that. Receive your sight. A declaration. Peter. Peter. At the gate called Beautiful, seeing a man there lame and Peter tells him, Silver and gold, but in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Do you know what the church of today would have? 
began doing there, they would have made a circle. Let's put our hands together. Let's pray. Father, Father, do a miracle here. Father, touch this man. Oh God, oh God of heaven, do something that the nations may know that you are God. Dear Father, release a healing anointing upon this man that this man may be healed. intercession. At the intercession, it was a good day. It takes some time. Some people takes some time. There are situations. to intercede. intercession. Someone will obey the word of God. At least one hour. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise Jesus. Amen. But what I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. That, that comes out of a place of prayer. That, that one does not come from eating matoke beans. <laughs> that one does not come on uh, lukewarmness. It comes from prayer. Hallelujah. Number five. Prayer is an exercise of our devotion and commitment. The uniqueness of prayer is an exercise of our devotion and commitment to the king and the kingdom. Another I'm saying prayer is a culture, a kingdom culture. Hallelujah. It's a kingdom culture. In heaven, there's no praying. In heaven. In heaven, what would you be praying? That Lord draw me to you, draw me. Draw me Lord. No, you in his In his presence. In in heaven, you're not going to be saying, Father, I ask you, give me the anointing. The anointing. In heaven. What are you going to do? To break with Praise in heaven. Prayer is a culture given to those in the kingdom on earth. The Bible tells us to be unceasing in prayer. The Bible says do not give up prayer. The Bible says be constant in prayer. So our partnership in prayer is an exercise of our devotion and and devotion and commitment. Hallelujah. Amen. Cornelius. Cornelius. Let me give you let me give you a secret in the scriptures. Cornelius. Cornelius was visited. Because of his devotion. The Bible says Bible his prayers and his giving have become a memorial. So, what was God 
answering. Was he answering the prayers of Cornelius? Or was he answering the devotion and commitment of Cornelius? I think he was answering the devotion of Cornelius. Because I'm sure Cornelius, he was not praying about the Holy Spirit. He didn't know the Holy Spirit. He didn't know the gospel. No. He was just God-fearing man. Devoted to prayer. There are times when God comes to reward devotion. To reward commitment. To prayer. Or even to other things. He rewards it. He does. He does. He rewards it. Hallelujah. When, when, when we stay faithful to the culture we have been given, there is a reward for that. On top of him also answering the very prayers we will pray. He rewards the devotion to the prayers. He said, Cornelius, Cornelius, your prayers have become a memorial. Cornelius, can you imagine that? Is there anything in your life you think that can become a memorial? Cornelius, there were two things. Prayer and giving. Is there something something that can become a memorial? It's up to you to think. In my conclusion, I know I've been gone for some time now, but please bear with me, I'm concluding now. I want to share with you what shows that you are spiritually unwell and under attack. And I told you I'm talking about prayer today. So most of the things are in that context. You can develop them in other contexts, but I I am focused on our prayer lives. How do you know that you are spiritually unwell and under attack? Number one, when you lack the desire to draw close to God. You lack it. In fact, sometimes you can even abhor. You can hate to pray. You feel a disgust. You, you even try and evade it in your mind to think about it. When you are in such a state, very likely, there's something wrong happening in your heart or you are under spiritual attack. Number two, a hurriedness to pray or a lack of patience in spiritual vigils. Hurriedness to pray. You you want to finish it quickly and go to something else. Or you are in a meeting, you are in an appointment with God and you are just not patient. You you just wonder when is this ending. You can even be in a 
in a meeting with other believers and we are literally not enjoying the moment. And you wonder why everybody else is enjoying the moment. You even look at them and you think they are pretending. These ones are pretending. So you think your spiritual condition is the condition of the whole church. And if there's anybody who's different, they are no. no. That could be your personal state of heart. Something is going wrong. When you see these things, something is wrong. Or you're under spiritual attack. A distracted mind distracted mind a mind that will be unable to settle and yet it settles well in other things you can concentrate on other things if you are if you are reading another book you, you are there whatever else you do you, you have your concentration when it comes to prayer you lose your concentration there's something wrong there hallelujah amen you can even find yourself that instead of praying, you would rather read the Bible. Not knowing that you have actually run away from the main thing. That is going to help you to get you aligned to the, to the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes the devil can just tell you, read your Bible. Because he wants to affect your connection with God. He's affecting your level of surrender. <clears throat> so instead of prayer, you read the word. Get deeper in the word. You're a woman of the word. Read the word. So you also read the Bible. And you leave prayer alone. When you're at your office table, oh, you work, you are focused. When you come to prayer, you are defeated. Something is not well, or you are under attack. Number four procrastination of appointments, divine appointments. I will pray tomorrow. I will pray. I will pray. I will pray. And you never pray. That one. Number five. Lack of faith and confidence in prayer. You know, lack of faith and confidence in prayer. That can be due to a number of things. If the moment you have that in your life, something is not happening right in your life. Number six. Spiritual resistance that is consistent. Every time you go to pray, there's just this resistance. You don't understand it. You, you are not breaking through. You are not breaking through. The prayers are not going far. You feel not light. You feel heavy. If it's consistent, every time you go to prayer, very likely you are under attack. Number seven, consistent weakness, physical weakness, mental weakness. You lose you lose the ability to think. There are times deep prayer requires 
engagement of your mind. And sometimes your mind gets blank. You have no theme of prayer. No direction. If this is consistent, every time you go to pray, you are blank. Or you are physically weak. Or you are slumbering. Sleep is coming after five minutes. Sleep hits you. Or maybe at the time of prayer, that's when you get reminders. Satan starts to remind you of your most important duties. And you start to think the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. My dear, that's not the Holy Ghost. (laughs) (laughs) That is an interruption. That's an interruption to your prayer. Amen. There are many more, but I've given you those. Okay? So how to stay faithful in the partnership with God. How do we overcome these limitations? How do we overcome these attacks? How do we deal with this spiritual condition? How do I stay faithful in my partnership in prayer? Number one, do a personal study about prayer often. Come on, your prayer life is the main thing. It's the most important thing. It's the breath of your spirit to God. So, over time, again and again, get yourself a study about prayer. Stimulate your prayer life through study. Inspire, motivate, and educate yourself about prayer. Some of us, we have prayed the same way for five years. Same way because we don't educate ourselves. Spiritually educating ourselves. Educate yourself. Inspire yourself. Get in the Bible and learn about prayer, types of prayer. There are many types of prayer. The Bible says we pray with all kinds of prayer. Hallelujah. Number two, build an altar. That is a time and a place. Have a time and a place. Have a frequency. Have a frequency. A time, a place, and a frequency. And that is an altar. An altar must have a consecration. God's altars have consecration terms. If you break the consecration of altars, you lose the power of your altar. So so many people have a time, have a place. They pray. But they lost their consecration. So their praying has no power. Has no meaning. The Bible says, if I regard iniquity, the Lord shall not hear me. That means if I love it, meditating on it. I'm keeping it in my heart. I'm doing it consistently. I regard it. The Bible says we know he hears us because we obey his commandments. Okay, I'm I'm rushing just because of time's sake. Number three, be alert. Jesus commanded us to be watchful and sensitive so that we can recognize the environment we are in and the works of darkness that are around. So many people, you know, 
are not alert. They do not know when they were attacked. How they were attacked. They just saw a condition there. Watchfulness is part of prayer. If you want to be if you want to be effective at prayer, be watchful unto prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. There are things to pray about through watchfulness. And the moment you do not pray about them, they can cost you a lot. Like some people, for example, you get a dream and it's an attack of the enemy. And you wake up, you think about the dream, you say, ah, I want to share this dream with Gabriel. And then you come to Gabriel. You talk about your dream. You say, I'm going to share my dream with Sula. That's dream is scaring me. You tell you are talking about the dream. You have forgotten that dreams are spiritual. That that could be an attack. If you do not pray, you are finished. Matters are established in the spiritual realm. Number four. Be filled with the spirit always. Be filled. No one can expect. It is foolishness. It is foolishness. Friends, that's the truth. It is foolishness to try and do the will of God in our strength, in our nature, the Bible tells us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. And not to be fools, but to know the will of God. And then to redeem the time for the days are evil. What helps you to do all that? Being filled with the Holy Spirit. That is unction. That is ability. That is enablement to be filled with the Spirit. Number five. Pray with Spirit-filled people. Don't skip in fellowship. Don't be alone. Don't be out there fearing COVID. COVID, COVID, COVID. COVID. Come and pray with people. Fire up yourself with those who are fired up. You might backslide there because you are alone under attack. Number six. Ask the Spirit to teach you how to make war. Many people end up under bondage under long seasons of spiritual attack because they are unwilling to be taught how to battle in the spirit. Unwilling. They are unwilling to accomplish their warfare. Hallelujah. Amen. You must learn to be effective in spiritual warfare. Effective spiritual warfare gives room to your fruitfulness. Effective spiritual warfare gives room to your productivity. Lack of warfare, your part in your in spiritual warfare will prolong your attacks and even bring you into victimization. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Number seven, I talked about learning how to pray with all kinds of prayer. How to, I'm talking about how to stay faithful in partnership with God in prayer. Learning how to pray all kinds of prayer. Every time you pray, you come, there are times you just have to come to God and speak your Luganda and converse. No nyumia. Converse. No nyumia. Speak your heart's desire. No Talk your thoughts to no God. No you just have to come no and be silent. No before Him. Maso the Bible says, "Be silent before Him." All the, earth. Maso and let all the people know their strength. The Bible says, "Be still and know that I am God." There is a prayer of silence where you present yourself before God. And just wait on him. And he ministers to you. There are times you need to worship, praise, adore. That's prayer. There are times you have to get in his word, praise his word. There are times you have to come to pray, and it's intercession, petition, or spiritual warfare. There are times the Spirit of God will lead you in spiritual warfare. There are times the Spirit of God will lead you in declarative prayer. There are times the Spirit of God will lead you in prophetic prayer. There are many kinds of prayer. And the Spirit of God is willing to carry us in this Give yourself to God to expand your experience in prayer. If you stay just with your one experience, just praying the same way every time, your, your, your relationship with God is stagnant. It is locked. It is it is framed by you. Framed. You have locked it up into a certain style. You have created a stereotype in prayer. For example, some people know that the only way to pray powerful prayer is when you pray like this. So they come with the with with the thought that if I don't pray like that, Rachel, I fail. And so they are defeated in their understanding Rachel, even before they begin. No! No! There are many types of prayer. Hallelujah! Amen! Amen! Amen. Sometimes the Spirit of God will tell you, dance. Dance in my presence. And there's no music. And you're dancing. You're wiggling your body. And you feel like a fool. But you know you're obeying him. And it's going to work. It's going to work. Sometimes he'll tell you, clap your hands. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Do not stereotype prayer. Do not lock yourself into some kind of fashioned prayer. Allow the Spirit of God to expand you. Let Him lead you.
But you see, earlier on I said, if you do not do personal study about prayer, you will never know the available option. You will never know. Give more of yourself to God. This is the number eight. Give yourself more. Learn how to go the extra mile in prayer. Practice the principle of I will go the extra mile. God loves it. If God told you when somebody says go with me for a mile God told you in his word go how many? What does the Bible say? One more mile. Somebody says, help me with your jacket. You also give him what? A shirt. Hey, it's the extra mile principle. In that extra mile principle, do you know what it helps you to do? It helps you to crucify self. That's the principle. You are, you are killing yourself. Somebody says, like, okay. Okay. okay, so you try to no, show that no, person love them. So when you fulfill the mind, you may feel justified and say, okay, I've done the mind. But if you want to bring yourself to an end completely, do one more. Now it's no longer for them. You're no longer doing it for them. Now you're doing it for yourself. You are destroying something in you you. bring out another what they call perfect love. So in the same way, in prayer, learn to give God some more. Normally you do this amount. You have a daily devotion of how many? One hour, one day tell God, God, you know what? Today I'm going to be here three hours. I'm just going to do something more. It has a way of taking your prayer life to another level. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have been doing an overnight, tell him, Lord, I'm going to give you a week of prayer. This week I dedicate it to prayer. You know, and you, and you pray that week. And you be coming either to church or wherever. The extra mile principle produces deeper levels of surrender. Give more of yourself to God. Lastly, and I end here. How to stay faithful in partnership with God in prayer. Learn to build yourself on the resistance the enemy puts against you. Every man and woman of prayer has been resisted and will be resisted. There is always, oh, many times, not always, but there is many times resistance against our communion with God. And we must learn how to build ourselves Era, on resistance. Turn Satan's resistance into your food. <laughs> hey, instead of being there, one hand is a big guy. 
No, we are not of that kind of giver. We are not of those kinds. Build yourself on the resistance and say, ah, ah, Lord, I thank you for this resistance and I thank you that you are able in me to raise me above this resistance in the name of Jesus. So do not allow your joy to be stolen. Do not allow your peace to go away. Just start to to yield to the spirit of God wait on him so that he makes you mount up over the resistance and make you stronger hallelujah amen Take advantage of your enemy. He's there to serve you also. Hallelujah. God is good. Father, we thank you. I hope you have been blessed. Thank you, Jesus. We commit, O oh Lord, this word in your hands. I believe and I so much believe that there is an activation of the unctions of prayer. There is an activation of mantles. There is an activation of enablements. I believe and I believe that wells are being unblocked. That there are streams of life and power that are being stirred up within God's people. So in the mighty name of Jesus, I command life to every prayer life. I command an awakening to every prayer life. I command enablement to every prayer life. I command life in the mighty name of Jesus. I decree, Father, that we shall fulfill our partnership in prayer, our partnership our participation in prayer. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters everywhere, those listening to me and those who are not even listening. I pray, Father, for a stirring in the spirit. I pray, Father, for an awakening, Lord. Let the shields of God be raised again. Let the weapons of God be raised again. Let the armor of the spirit be raised again. Again. Let there be, oh God, the violence and the aggression and the fire of God raised again in the lives of your people. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Father, we speak to every altar. We command every altar, Father, to be visited, yes, to be revived, oh God. Father, let there be a building of altars. Let there be a building, especially of corporate altars. A rebuilding of corporate altars, oh God, church altars. Let there be a rebuilding, Father, family altars. Let there be a rebuilding, Father, in the name of Jesus, of workplace altars. Let there be a rebuilding, my Father, of community altars in the precious name of Jesus. Father, release, release the grace. Release the grace. Release it. I know it is released. And I pray that your people will receive, oh God, as you have released it, Father. Lord, let the culture of heaven be the culture in our lives. I pray, and especially that which you have commanded men on the earth to do, not to cease in prayer. I pray and I thank you. We thank you. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the grace to minister to your people today. Thank you, Father. We give you the glory. We give you the honor and the praise. Bless your people and keep them through this weekend. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. amen. And amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. May the Lord bless you. Come on,
and uh, keep you. I'm praying for you people. You're in my heart. And I believe that um, God is going to do great things in this month of February. This month, I encourage you get a vision from God what He wants you to do. To partner with Him for your results. Get a vision from God. Let God speak to you what He wants you to achieve in this month of February. I know this month is a month that God is awakening prayer. It's a month that there's going to be a strange anointing to pray. A strange anointing to pray. And I also pray that you you'll participate in every available opportunity. We encourage you to to participate in fellowship. We fellowship. We need it. We encourage you to participate, all of you. First and second services on Sunday. And then tomorrow morning there is an altar at 6 a.m. Some of us who may not be able to come, I think uh, we can connect online. So that we are together in the spirit. In Jesus' name. And if you can make it here, you can make it. It will be greater. Hallelujah. Blessed life. God bless you.